Yo, what's going down? This is the Jack of All Trades podcast. I'm your host, Jack Freeman. We're in our wonderful location overlooking the city, baby. Um, today, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast because we're not going to have one for a couple of weeks. I will be out of town. I'm headed to Chicago to do my show. I'm headed to New York to do my show. So it's going down. We're going to have some fun. We're going to get it in. Um, today, we have my, my good friend, AJ Costa. AJ Costa is a um, really, really good friend of mine who um, is in the cigar industry. We talk a lot about cigars. We talk a lot about um, his uh, comeuppance and um, all the things that has shaped his life over the years, um, his family life, uh, growing up with um, two mothers, um, a father who um, did a little time in prison, um, being half Pakistani, half white, and pledging a black fraternity when he gets to college. Um, um, definitely, we have so many great talks off air because we're just friends like that, and you know he's helped me with so much, and he's done. Um, if you ever have a chance to know AJ, um, you'll this podcast doesn't really do it much justice. Like this guy really is a gem, man, and um, I'm thankful to know him. I'm thankful to to even um be able to give him a call and you know um he he's definitely an accountability guy for me so like he holds me accountable for a lot of the things um that i may do or or say or anything like that he always gives it to me real um and i just wanted to talk to him because he's got such an interesting life and an interesting um uh outlook on life uh because of the way he was raised and the way he grew up man so um uh it was my pleasure to bring him here uh, and i hope you guys enjoy him and uh, it's going down. Jack of All Trades podcast. You are here with your boy, Jack Freeman, your host. I am uh, getting ready to. This is my last day here in Houston for a few weeks. I mean, about a week or so. Um, because I'll be flying out to Chicago. And on February 20th, I'm going to be at the Promontory live with my band. It's going down February 22nd. I'm going to be here I mean, in New York, New York City, City Vineyard on Pier 26. Um, as a Friday, get your tickets now on the freemanbrand.com forward slash tour. Um, and lots of other cool things we uh, we got coming down the pipe. So that means also that there will not be a podcast for next week. Um yeah, there's no podcast for next week unless I do one while I'm out of town. And that's not um it's not likely. So um yeah, so 
I definitely want to introduce my, well, first of all, we got my man Ryan Rocket in the building, producer. We got uh, we got my guy, uh, uh, we're in the, the undisclosed location of our building, you know, we're, we're out here. So today we have a good special guest, wonderful special guest. Um, this is one of my closest friends and um, love this guy to death, man. He is um, he is basically family to me now. He is definitely family to me. Um, he's an interesting guy. He's got a, a a great great outlook on life. He's helped me. He's seen me at some of my worst times, and um, so I got my brother here today, Mister AJ Costa. How's it going, AJ? Doing well. Yeah. Um, it's my first time in a really legit studio like this so i'm going to double check that i don't need to hit this little on button when i speak it's nah. yeah shout out to the producers of the world nobody ever gives them any credit they, <laughs> they really don't speak rarely uh, i listen to a lot of jalen and jacoby everybody shouts out reg <laughs> <laughs> i never heard reg talk on the microphone ever so uh shout out to our engineer today yes. as well My who just right. uh walked me through that uh with a the, the best head nod i've seen uh and at least uh, this 2019. So. Yeah. And we'd like to uh, also remind people that uh, Ryan Rocket himself has two podcasts. He has the um, the Gems of Juice podcast. Yes. Um, um, airing every Saturday. Yes. Um, <laughs> with Figgy and um, Jasmine. Jasmine. Yes. yes. And um, yes. we also he also has the Ryan Rocket and e, the ESG and Rocket Show. Yes. Uh, which is a sports podcast um, with the legendary Swinging and Banging himself. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Mr. ESG. So check those out. Tune in. Subscribe. Um, yeah, man, we here, man. Um, I wanted to bring AJ in because we always have great talks off of mic. Like we've never actually had talks on the mic ever. But um, AJ is AJ's occupation is he is a um, he's in sales. But for um, a cigar company called Ventura Cigars. That's right. Yep. And um, AJ handed me my very first cigar. Also true. Um, Sorry, as Ryan says, yes. Yes. It yes. was It was also, uh, it was a cabal. I remember that. It was a cabal. Yeah, shout out to Chris Arolfo. Yes. Yeah, cabal Cigars down there. Beer's looking at you. This is other business. Check and, it out, and, uh, Webster, Texas. He may never catch this podcast but he I'll may sure never he may never get a but couple it's all free good. cigars from him for promotion it's so. all good um uh aj got me my first and only job in the cigar industry um <laughs> um with a a uh the with a boss who um shall remain nameless the place shall remain nameless because i'm still in the industry so i can't uh throw the can't, we can't no can't we can't that's the show you right we cannot well, um but yeah, He's we a, did. We did do that. We did. I got Jack his job uh, for a little bit. Um, the guy probably has a year supply of mega hats at home. I think he does. He definitely has a um, the water filtration system from Alex Jones. Oh, does uh, he? I mean, shout out. I don't really. Obviously, I don't rock with Alex. Jones. Maybe it's not obvious, but I don't rock with Alex Jones at all. But that water, though, it's basically just a. It's filtered water through your regular uh, system and tap. But this is some of the best damn water you could ever drink in my life. I mean, so you couldn't get a Brita filter? No, no. This is this is next level. This is like you know double osmosis mm. uh, situation. I think you know because uh, as they like to say, uh, 
towards the people of color, I say back, you know, those people mm-hmm. uh, believe that the uh, other people are putting things in our water. Um, eh, shit, they, they may not be wrong. Look at Flint. They may not be wrong. So They probably are. Uh, yeah, so I, I can meet them in the middle with everything else and drink that clean water. I'm fine with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, AJ is um, has a passion for cigars, I would say. Yeah, I would, um, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's a hobby that became uh, I mean, a vocation at the end of the day is what it is. Uh, I've always seen cigars as a medium, and they still are. Uh, they're not, I mean, so many more people uh, consume alcohol as, right. as a pastime than they smoke anything. I mean, you know, pro- I mean, you could probably toss marijuana in there, too. Uh, and that would skew the numbers a bit, Mar- obviously. Marijuana, marijuana, yeah. yeah. Uh, mar- marijuana. Uh, but that would skew the numbers, obviously. But uh, from just a recreational um, smoking experience, cigars are definitely a medium, but Absolutely. such a small part of our GDP as a country. So what I learned about cigars over the years and working in the cigar lounge and all that kind of stuff, um, what I learned about cigars is you can really have – just about any conversation that you think that you might be able to have in life, you can have over cigar. Even if you disagree, you can talk about sports, you can talk politics, you can talk, um, you know, relationships, you can talk, you know. Anything, yeah. And not just over cigars, but in a cigar shop itself. Too. Yes, yes. Uh, specifically, uh, I know a lot of people have a stigma of cigar shops to be this place where, like, you know. Um, Everything seeks. Yeah, you know, and just, like, supremely overweight pretentious. uh pretentious you know older dudes are just kind of you know speaking from on high and that does happen I mean, well in the shop that shall remain nameless apparently because i can't say his name um that happens for sure but that <laughs> happens across the board anywhere yeah yeah uh, but i always remind people i mean you look at where like the birthplace of uh the con- the consuming of cigars uh from a uh luxury good standpoint because essentially that's what it is it was England. I mean, and the England is a uh, colonizer of the world. And so, you know, those people had the most amount of money and wealth and concentration. And then right. they were into, you know, cigars and spirits, that kind of thing. So well, they, cigars are definitely one of the last uh, fully handmade things. 100%. Right? I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Fully handmade things that in honestly aren't made in China and aren't, yeah. you know, furniture that, you know, is made in. Amish country. So, yeah. yeah. Cigars are made by people of color. Lots of people of color. <laughs> lots uh, of people, lots of brown yeah. um, uh, individuals who are rolling these cigars. Yep. Um, no added, no added. So that's the thing. So education is key here. Of so course. when people talk to me about cigars and they ask me um, what the difference is between a cigar and a cigarette, I say, well, a cigar is just pure 100% tobacco. That's also, that's partly true. Yes. Yeah. But it's not, it, it doesn't have the chemicals of right. the cigarette, the arsenic and the, the ammonia. And yeah. There are it. over 200 chemicals in a, in a cigarette. Uh, also cigarettes have a filter and they have paper right. um, as the outside shell. Whereas a premium cigar has nothing but long filler, premium whole leaf tobacco in it um and you could have out of a similar farm uh tobacco farm you could have 
cigarette tobacco, pipe tobacco, mm-hmm. and you could have cigar tobacco, like the grades, uh, right? For sure, depending on what they're growing and what where the plants are, et cetera. But indeed, uh, yeah, that would be the difference. I mean, obviously, there's flavored cigars, which are right. You know, definitely get a lot of people into the to the industry the on this side of stuff. Like, it's like smells like potpourri. Yeah, they do smell uh, smell different. They're definitely yeah. enhanced. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, man, like it's a it's an educational uh, part about it, but um, the cool thing about this guy AJ is that like cigars are not his only thing. Like cigars aren't like what makes him an interesting guy to me. This guy grew up w- differently. Weird in a way, uh, for for a lot of people. For a lot of people, you could call um, that weird. Yeah, we've had one real conversation about um your relationship with your dad. Fair enough. And we've had plenty of conversations about your mom. Also um, true. I mean, my mom, my mom, and slash moms make up a lar- much larger portion of my life than my dad does. So. From a ratio standpoint, yes. it makes sense, yeah. So, AJ's mother's, AJ's mother is a lesbian. Yes, she is. And Sorry, Ryan. Yes. Yes. And um, she is married. She's married, yep. She's now legally married. married to another young lady who... She would, they would appreciate that you called them young ladies. I, I still yes. haven't met either of your mothers. No, you haven't, actually. Uh, well, not a lot of people have. I mean, they, you know, they're they're pretty yeah. private folks. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, as, you know, anybody over 50, they don't do a ton on the weekends, you know. So, yeah. And I think uh, the conversation kind of has to be had in that respect because um, there's so much misinformation about, like, how people um, um, view same-sex relationships and how kids are affected by it. Of course. And obviously we know that. And so we're going to get to that. But what we like to do, what I like to do to begin my podcast, is I like to ask people how they're doing mentally, physically, and all of that kind of stuff and what they're doing to kind of either get out of the bad part of it or stay in the good part of it. So how are you doing like today, that, man, basically? I'm doing well. Uh, yesterday um, evening I had a, um, I go to the chiropractor on Friday afternoons Friday evenings, mm-hmm. uh, as much as I can, but I lumped it in with the massage last night. Nice. And nice. the massage therapist, uh, does cupping, uh, which yeah. is like an ancient, uh, Asian type of therapy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I am doing well, but I'm infinitely much more sore than I was when I woke up Friday morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but it helps me. Uh, I got a lot of nerve damage issues with my foot. Uh, I was born with a club foot for those who don't know and so uh if you ever see me in shorts it's visually um impactful that way but mm-hmm. uh, so i'm feeling good um uh, things are well in the relationship as far as uh my girlfriend and i we just moved in together about four or five months ago how long has it been uh like i said four or five months probably. four or five months but yeah. how long you guys been together uh just almost two and a half years two and a half point. years yeah. it's I don't a, know when you guys met my longest relationship at this point uh wonderful probably Record. the healthiest relationship <laughs> ever <laughs> Yeah, yeah, healthiest relationship I've ever been in. Shout out to Colleen. Um, but we just uh, got that we were fostering an extra dog. We have a dog together, but we were fostering another dog, and we had it for about seven weeks, mm-hmm. and we finally got the dog um, adopted out of uh, an agency in um, the Pacific Northwest. And so nice. 
the dog is has just left us, so the home is obviously a little uh, bit quieter. Much quieter, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. we don't really know what the new normal is yet, so it's nice. That's what's up. But otherwise, I'm doing good, Uh, and I just try to do uh, yoga. You've gotten me on the the yoga stuff. Uh, Shout out to yoga. Obviously, the first one of the first real times we worked out, you were like, "Hey, we'll do legs, and if you can get through leg day, uh, you can work out with me again whenever you want to. If you can do it, you can do it." And I I barely finished, but we did. you did a great job, man. It was that was rough. I'm not gonna lie, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. So I just try to stay stay active, uh, stay mobile. You know, the yoga really helps that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's what's up. I'm man. good. That's what's up, man. How is anybody ever ask you how are you back? How are you doing um, mentally, emotionally? It's physically? probably been a while. Um, not on the podcast. Not on the podcast. Yeah. I think you might be the first one. Yeah, I, that was I could, the entire thing of the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, but it was. It wasn't like they. It wasn't like she asked me how. It was just like she just started asking questions because she flipped it on me and was trying to interview me and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Which is cool. You know, I didn't mind it. You know, I'm pretty I'm semi transparent when it comes to stuff like this. But I would um, how am I doing? I am. um, I had a talk with some friends yesterday. And. We don't know each other as well, but we, you know, we were having this talk. I ran into him. I was out eating. And they were like, um, you know, you seem like you're really trying to work through a lot of shit. And that's kind of where I am right now. Like, I'm trying to find answers. I'm trying to find, um, I'm trying to figure out, you know, where my beliefs lie, where my, you know, what I really want out of um, out of life, uh, more so what I don't want out of life. That's important. Yeah. So um, I think sometimes that's more important than knowing what you want. Yes. Because absolutely. Nobody can ever tell you what they don't want. Right. 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 Most people were like, "Man, I got these ten things right here. These hot, these ten hot ones. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. what I got to do before yeah, I kick yeah, it. Yeah. Right? I got to do all of this. And then, and then you know, no one's ever trying to. And maybe I'm the opposite. I've always tried to avoid and look at the things I didn't want more, more so than anything else. Absolutely. Just to avoid it, you know, like right, wrong and different. That's just, yeah. yeah. Definitely not trying to, um, um, thrust myself into situations that, um, not necessarily ready for. So, um, do you ever think about the words you use, uh, in connection to how much you have your shirt off, uh, as a performer? So you just said thrust, which is an interesting. I mean, I don't use the word thrust often, but also I don't have as many. Uh, okay, so first of all, I never have my uh, shirt abdominal off. Abdominal muscles uh, showing or for, pectoral muscles, any muscles. I don't have n- nearly as many muscles ever showing. A little hamburger meat hanging out every once in a while when it's warm enough. But uh, so I just didn't know if you ever look at the correlation of your for, words for starters, and how often you have starters, your shirt off. I never have my shirt off. I feel on like that's stage. that's that's one hundred percent false. But you can keep going. I have buttons open. On buttons. the shirt. Oh, yeah. The buttons are open, but I've never... Shout out to the Pussycat I've never gone full... Yes. <laughs> uh, never gone full tank and just taken off my shirt. That's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, That's if you look odd. at the trajectory of people who've taken their shirt off, it doesn't usually bode well for their career, right? Like Tank's doing well, Tank's but... Doing all, Tank is doing all right, but he Tank had to go through... TGT Tank had, Tank had to go through some stuff. D'Angelo, you know, D'Angelo's finally getting this together, but... 
Yeah, yes, uh, yes. you know, you can cuss on here, by the way. My, my man ass. was booty butt naked, you know, and yeah, he was butt ass, but at dead butt ass, ass. <laughs> what, is, what did kids say, dead ass, yeah. booty butt naked, yes, <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, all the way live yeah. on, on the VH1, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't no, have to focus on that. I was no, just, I don't. I don't think of the correlation. Okay, of, no, that's fair. That's okay. Well, that's so good. Yeah. That means it's not conscious on top of your mind, so that you're not like trying to, as a from a branding aspect, also push into people's get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello? I see, I see what you Hello? got there. I see. All right, all right. See, see, this is why he's my friend. But it could be something to think about. It the is words you use and, and what you how you do on, what you do on the stage. They, maybe they could uh, you know correlate. Okay, all right, all right. I'll think about that. And I'll try our to see if I I'll see how many of these I like can do to today. Correlate. I'll see how many I could do today. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So today. I'm, you know, right. again, I'm trying not to thrust myself into situations that I'm not really ready for. Hello. Um, I try to. Uh, uh, I'm just trying to get into a rhythm. Yeah, and I can see um, that. and find the things that center me and make me feel better, and never do the things that don't make me feel better. <laughs> like never do them. Ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I I just uh, I think I'm embracing the idea that um I'm still trying to find answers. I'm embracing that part of it because there is some beauty in it. There is some beauty in, sure. the, in the struggle of all of this. So, um, I mean, is life what I want it to be? Is my life what I want it to be? No, but I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. I'm trying to. Well, and this, what I'm about to say has never worked for your mental uh, probably, capacity, probably, yeah. but it's, a wonderful thing to hear you say because none of that stuff I love you to death none of that stuff's unique to you everyone's feeling the same way oh yeah absolutely. right and so half of the time just just knowing that you aren't the only one trying absolutely. to figure stuff out you ain't the only one who's looking at next week's bills you're not the only one who's trying to figure out how to eat better and mm-hmm. and treat yourself better um like I said that that concept for you has never been like the best answer you're always like whatever I'm but I'm I'm looking at me Right. I understand that, but I think getting outside of ourselves too really does help sometimes to um, shift the paradigm inside of our head. Yeah, I mean, and to be because th- it helps you to be thankful for where you're at, and again, also like you said, just be thankful that you don't have the things you don't have. Right, it's very true. So, I mean, I I definitely look at that more, and I try to, um, you know, understand my position and, and my, you know, where I am in my life. So. You know, things are just, uh, things are hazy, a little smoky, a little blurry. But um, once I find the clarity of it, oh, man, it's going to be over for people. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's like, I'm, look. It's like Thanos with that last, when, that last jewel. When, because I, I do have this innate, like, in free, I've just figured this out. Like, I've had this innate, like thing inside of me that says pause um that says there's something missing see now you're thinking about it yeah Yeah. um yeah there there's some there's always been something missing and i'm not really sure what it is and i'm not and i'm still trying to figure it out but once i'm once i have completed once i've 75 percent completed of course like figured like some of these goals and everyone things, yeah. that has ever and it's not even for them really because i don't really give a fuck about those people but 
like if there was ever any doubt in your mind about what I'm capable of. Right. If there was ever an inkling of a doubt, if you ever thought about it, like I'm about to run the entire score up on y'all ass. And it's going to be, and it's going to be, it's going to be glorious because I like, I like, like I said last week, the only thing better than winning by two is winning by 50. Oh, always. And the only thing better than winning by 50 is winning by a hundred. Yeah. So, um, I know that it's there. I know I got my, I know I got my, my breakout coming. I just need it to happen. Well, and, and I, we go back to a few years ago. Didn't you open a show for, uh, the artist, her? Yeah. At, did, um, right? uh, Prairie View homecoming at 20, 2017. Right. Okay. So you were both at PV's homecoming. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know what kind of bill that normally is. Cause I, I don't frequent PV's homecoming, but, yep. um, it's typically a rap bill. Some, a lot of times. Right. That's what I thought. Right. Yeah. So from and she was just on an award show recently, wasn't she? She's was on the Grammys. That's she just won two Grammys. Actually. Yeah, I don't really like congratulations that. Yeah, to her. See, shout out to her. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, so I was talking to Colleen. We were watching the the award show, and it, I said, "This is really cool." She's like, "Why?" She was like, "What is?" I was like, "You know, I was talking about you." She's like, "What does this have to do with Jack?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "It's just it's the fact that there are connections that people make along the way, mm-hmm. um, and then when you see those connections level up." I mean, that just means that that next level is open. Absolutely. Right. And so for me, I'm like, well, that's just, you know, I like when I first looked at her page four or five years ago, mm-hmm. I mean, she had very similar followers to what I have right now, which yeah, is she's like 16, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I was thinking 1600. I remember looking back like that mm-hmm. and now she's at like, I don't know, something real silly, yeah. which is good. That doesn't always mean money so, per se, but you know, so the correlation with me, like I didn't even do it so much with her. It was PJ Morton. Okay. Did it for me. Yeah. He won um he won a Grammy. Shout out to PJ, man. Um he just been on the grind for so long, man. Um it, doing his own thing. Right. Um you know, playing keys for for Maroon 5 and Yep. You know, just like I watched the guy win a I mean I, I watched the guy perform at the Super Bowl and then the next week win a Grammy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And it's a it's amazing, man. It's it's super dope. And he he actually the the category he won he tied with Leon Bridges. Oh wow! Yeah. So shout out to Leon Bridges I didn't know that. too, man. Yeah. Shout out to Leon Bridges. Um. So like I see those and I see these parallels and I'm and I'm just like, oh my god, when 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 they catch me finally, or when I catch them, it's like. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's not even gonna be fair for people. Um so yeah, man, I agree. I'm 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 working, man. I'm doing doing all right, you know. Um got a lot of answers to find, but once I find them, we're gonna be good. We're definitely gonna be good. So AJ, I'm like you have one of the most like even without the mics being here you have one of the most interesting like stories of your grow up of people that I know okay so I would like for you to run that down to these people yeah so my elevator pitch about my life is gonna be confusing for for most of them you have to rewind it but um 
it's just me. It's not a, you know, uh, I'm not showboating or anything like that. It's just one of those things like, so my father is uh, from Pakistan. Um, I was raised here in the States with him and my mother who were together for about 11, 13 years. And then my mom left my father for uh, their own reasons. My mother did not know she was a lesbian at the time. They separated. Mm-hmm. She met my uh, stepmom through church, oddly enough. And um, once we got tossed out of that church, um, we just been a kind of been a family ever since. And so, so you guys were tossed out of church for their relationship. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and it started out as a roommate situation and my mom and Teresa, my mom needed someone to watch me. Teresa's car had just recently broke down. And so, and their sisters knew each other. Their sisters went to the same church. Teresa worked at mother's day out there for years while mm-hmm. she was also cleaning houses. Mm-hmm. So she had a pretty good schedule um, just to supervise me in the, in the afternoons. And I guess about six months in, it just turned into something different. And, uh, you know, Teresa always used to say, um, Teresa would tell her, I guess, back in their own conversations, like, Hey, I don't date straight women. And my mom was like, I don't think I'm straight. And I guess they had their own little, you know, inner, inner monologues and stuff like that. And so one thing led to another, obviously. And, uh, Teresa is basically my second parent. Uh-huh. Uh, I changed my name legally when I was 14, uh, 13, 14 through the courts. And um, so I took uh, Teresa's last name for raising me because when I was born, I was supposed to be a girl. It was definitely a boy when I came out. And so they had this whole, uh, you know, girl name situation picked out for me. And being born as the first uh, child, and but also as a male, Mm-hmm. It was a really big deal in, in Pakistani culture. And my dad was the firstborn child and a male, obviously. So that so to follow him up in the same fashion, everybody went just to fucking, it was a fucking scramble to figure out what they were going to name me. So my mother named me Adam mm-hmm. because she wanted me to have a biblical name for some reason, even though she had converted Islam. And so, <laughs> so which is really odd concept. But so my mother gave me my first name. Uh, my stepmother, I took her last name and together I got a new middle name. Mm-hmm. So I was given a completely main, mainly new middle name uh, and last name at 14. Um, but I had to go to court and do all this stuff. And so. So when um, you were born, what was your name? My name was Adam Uzair Khan Shirwani. Okay. That I never knew. Yeah. Adam Most Uzair do not Khan know that. Shirwani. Uh, the government Shirwani. is very aware of that, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. So now uh, it's Adam Joshua Costa or Costa, depending on where you're from. Teresa's. Uh, Teresa's grandfather immigrated from Italy, from Sicily, technically. Um, that's so. a that's a pretty ill rebrand right there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think, when, when you think about it right <laughs> as a 14-year-old, I did realize, though, that that's probably where a lot of my uh, behavioral issues and, and, issue, and yeah. uh, conflict with my parents came up. Because yeah. at 14, if you can change your name, the fuck else are you going to tell me about my life at yeah, 14, like, right? I was already an independent kid. I'd already yeah. been working. Uh, I was a receptionist at my mom's job at 12. Whenever the receptionist would take spring break and Christmas mm-hmm. break, I would sit up there at their at Cap Rock Investments and answer the phone with yeah. a clip on tie at 12 years old. So like, <laughs> and then you go to 14 and I legally changed my name and everything. And so, uh, and I was, you know, real independent through high school and worked all through high school. My senior year, I even worked at men's warehouse 30 hours a week. Does anyone in your family, so, does anyone in your family uh, still refer to you as Adam Luzier? Uh, my my uh, Pakistani family in um, I got a bunch of family shout out to them in Toronto. They still call me. Uh, some people will still call me Uzair. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I answer to it because uh, it's it's like a family name at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but most of them call me Adam. Some of the progressive ones call me AJ. My younger cousins call mm-hmm. me AJ. Um, most of them just default to Adam. But nobody really calls my grandfather on my dad's side, uh, whose name is Zubair, uh, is actually um, will call me Uzair over the phone. Uh, and my grandmother, when she was alive, would do the same. Does um, did it bother your dad that you changed your name? Um, my dad had six months legally in the courts to come and uh, refute it. He, just uh, and he did not. Uh, Teresa also on the other side never adopted me legally. Mm-hmm. Um, we had that conversation in my 20s and Teresa was like, look, I just never wanted to get in between your relationship with you and your father. I wanted that to be your choice. Uh, so as, a, as an older, as a man now, I, I can respect that much more than I would have at a young age. But um, mm-hmm. my dad a few years ago came back into Houston uh, before he went back to Pakistan full time, actually, um, over some family stuff, and he made this like comment of like, you know, that really fucked with my head, and that kind of started the spiral. And mm-hmm. I, I had to like immediately check him and and say a fourteen year, a thirteen year old at the time can't fuck with your head any more than the cocaine and the drinking and the money laundering was when you were uh, about to go to prison. And he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, he was shook. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, uh, so don't give me that shit. Yeah. You had six months to rebuttal, right? And if you had made me wait to let, because it's, it's a one and done deal. Right. It's not like when you're 12 in a divorce situation. And I think at the age of 12 now in Texas, you can come back and say, I want to live with so-and-so. They, you can revisit it or, or refute it every two or three years as the other yeah. parent, right? That wasn't that case. At 13, 14, if, it said, if my dad had said no, he could have made me wait till I was 18. And back then, I look now, I don't know if I would have changed my name at 18. Right. Um, you know, and so... You know, I'm still grateful for for having the opportunity to do so, but it was my own uh, decision uh, and my own. Uh, I mean, my parents didn't. My mom and Teresa never pushed me to do that by any means. So back up to the cocaine and the drinking. Mm-hmm. Not me. I've never done. Your cocaine. father was deported. No, no, no. No, not, he wasn't deported. No, he went to prison. He went uh, to prison, but they didn't deport him after he got out. Of prison. No, because he was a citizen. Uh, he was oh, a citizen okay. after he married my mother. Right. Uh, right. So. Um, but he had a few businesses and uh, got wrapped up in some stuff and um, and went to prison for about two or three years through high school. Junior high and high school, yeah. And the charge was money laundering? Technically, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it was laundering for? Uh, other entities of folks that um, handled businesses that were not of, uh, that were of complete <laughs> ill repute. If you would say that way, absolutely, we could probably leave it at that. Just absolutely, for, you know. um, people want to dig around. Yeah, you know. So, in your younger years, did you know that, um, or did it hit you? Did it not hit you until he got ready to go to prison? Uh, well, he went to prison. I was like, I mean, I, he was in prison through high school, right? Uh, junior high and high school. So um, he had just got out whenever I went became a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it didn't really, I didn't really know all the facts until I actually worked for, uh, for TSA. Um, and I was um, a juvenile detention officer. I met a recruiter. Uh, she wanted to get me in to work for ICE. Uh, well, special agent uh, for the government. I didn't know what uh, branch. And then she got me this job uh, for TSA. I did the background check for uh, and the paperwork and the test for the special agent exam. Did all that stuff, and then there was this like really weird conversation about um, what happened with your father in Miami, 
uh, back in the 90s uh, with the FBI. And I was like, um, I know nothing of that. And they yeah. were covering the whole, like, you're going to have to just not associate with people or known criminals, this kind of stuff, right? Because you're obviously going to be a, um, a full-fledged, you know, uh, gun-carrying officer of the law. Right. But for the government, right? And right. so, and then she realized that I was not Hispanic and mm-hmm. that, but I spoke Spanish. I also have a face that looks very stereotypically Hispanic and, uh, but that I also grew up speaking Urdu. And so for her, like some light bulb went off and it freaked the shit out of me. Like that was the weirdest face I've ever yeah. seen somebody have uh, in connection to my background. And so I discontinued my time which with, with uh, what would have been ice at the time. Yeah. You probably fast forward to now and I'm probably really happy uh, that I'm not there. I've been yeah. making a, a fuck, fuck ton of money. Uh, but I also would have been furloughed probably about four different times now. Um, yeah. So, but you know, that's all a balanced thing and I, I think I'm better for it choosing the path that I'm at. So what was this? I would have never met you. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, not. I wouldn't have been in Houston. Who knows probably what it would have been? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I wouldn't have been, in, I wouldn't have been in Houston throwing cigar events at the flat with DJ Sun and Melodic and, mm-hmm. and you know, my frat brother and his best friend. I wouldn't have been doing that on the weekends. And having a lot of fun. And having, we had a lot of Because we have a fun, we have a friend that is a fit. Oh, we have a friend that is a fit, <laughs> yeah. And, we, and, you know, there's a marginal amount of fun he's allowed to have. Yeah. Uh, um, shout out so to him. Shout out to him. I remember one time he, we were at a photo shoot for um, Modern Renaissance. Yeah. And he's like, all right, man, I got to go. Um, we're about to go do a bust. Yep. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, there's like a um, an 18-wheeler of cocaine coming in yeah. through uh, South Texas, and it's yep. finally made it here, and we're going to go seize it. Yeah. It's like, okay, all right, well. Yeah, when you think your friend's like a pencil pusher, and then you find out he's on like a joint task force. You know what was funny? The was the f- like, when I met him, the day I met him, for some reason they said, uh, let's go let's go to his house. Like, he, you know, he makes beats and shit, so like we're making – beats or whatever and i'm getting Sanging there and playing playing st- and i don't even think i recorded anything i was just in there it was me and regis and you know yeah. everybody's in there and i he was living in that uh that 10 oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah townhome uh-huh. and i walked in and i said what do you do you sell dope and that was my that was my first i said well you, you know yeah. i tell jokes like that i'm like yeah, what you sell dope shit. man and he's like actually i'm a fit and yeah. i started laughing and he's like nope no, really? I'm, I'm a, I'm a fed. I'm definitely yeah. FBI. <laughs> exactly. I was, like, I was like, okay, one of the alphabet boys. All right. But no, he's one of the good ones though, man. I, I like him. Uh, so shout out to him. Um, I'm not going to say his name because you know, Cause we can't. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We definitely cannot. Nope. Um, so shout out to my guy in the FBI. Um, yeah, man. Like that's, that's, it's different. In a sense that, like, you went through a lot as a kid. I oh, would a say. lot. And we're not even talking about, my, like, my foot surgery that was technically experimental at the age of 11. Yeah. Tell me about uh, that one because you never told me about this story. Yeah, no. So I was born with a club foot. Um, and just mm-hmm. basically you don't have enough. It's a pretty normal for birth defects. That's a, I use that word lightly but because right. uh, it's a lifelong deal. But uh, it's it was called an Elizarov procedure. It was experimental at the time and they cut my bones into four places put 12 pins through my leg and put rods around those pins that i would move the rods that would move the pins and turn my bones into place because my bones had fused incorrectly uh, and they didn't fuse straight as a young kid and so 
Uh, I had this basically halo thing from underneath my calf muscle all the way down to the knuckle of my toes. And it was wildly painful. Um, you know, and nobody really understood the the level of what we were going to be doing. Um, but that was also like, you know, to, to be so supported as a kid, but also like having to do all of that stuff alone. Yeah. was really difficult, right? Like at 11, 12 year old, you got to go to physical therapy that, you know, you're just taking a thousand milligrams of Vicodin. Your parents can't hold your hand because they can't even bear to see you go through this amount of pain. Yeah. But you have to physically do it. Elsewise, you're not going to be able to walk straight or relearning how to walk in general. Yeah. Uh, it was tough. So, yeah. So were you, um, was there a lot of bullying going on? There was, um, yeah, funny. My probably my most embarrassing moment to date was you know those tearaway pants. Yeah. Right. Okay. So after I got my my thing off, uh, my apparatus off, I had a brace on my leg, and so I still walk with crutches. Seventh grade. Yeah. Uh, shout out to McDonald's Junior High and O.D. Tompkins. Uh, that man is a is a legend. But yeah, he was my principal for seven years. But I was walking past the nurse's office. And I didn't know you. Were, they were supposed to be like you're supposed to wear like some shorts or some shit underneath it. No, you didn't. And uh, oh, no. well, and the other thing was just to to back up for a second. The entire time I had my apparatus on, I had to get every pair of shorts, underwear, anything I wore over my bottoms. The left side had to have Velcro on it. Like we had this lady, uh, she was so like a tailor, it. right? Yeah. She sewed ten pairs of underwear, ten pairs of pants, whatever sweats, whatever you wanted to wear, yeah. had to have. Um, had to have Velcro on it because you couldn't get it around right, the apparatus, right, right. right? So I was like, okay, I'm, this is familiar territory, right? Tearaway yeah, yeah, pants, yeah. Velcro. Don't even need Let's no do it, right? Yeah. I got finally got some uh, Kemalajuans, knew that I could wear with the brace, yeah, right. Uh, and because my mother wasn't paying for shit back then, and yeah. you know, understandably so. And uh, these two kids, I didn't have any under. I had underwear on, but I didn't have any. Uh, uh, shorts or anything on yeah and these two kids fucking bullies and you know bastards from uh katie high school now uh but they were in junior high with me yeah basically each grabbed my pants and ran off with my pants laughing <laughs> and uh and i was right by the nurse's office and i was just standing there in my underwear and i was like oh fuck this and so i just popped in the nurse's office and she, i'm like start crying and she's like what happened i'm like you need to know what happened. I don't have fucking pants on, lady. Like, yeah. they took my pants. She's like, how they take your pants? I don't. They ran off with them bitches. Yeah. How they run off with your pants? I was wearing them little tearaway pants, trying yeah. to look like Kobe. And guess what happened? I ain't got no fucking pants on yeah. right now. Like, it's not my. I. You can't tell me it's my fault. They ran off with my fucking pants. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, back then it just was one of those things. Like, you were either cool or you weren't. I definitely was not. Right. Yeah. Uh. So there was a lot of bullying in general, but yeah, I mean, they, that shit was junior high was horrible. Until I met Joseph Farrell. Okay. Joseph Farrell was the first dude, first other person I knew that was mixed. Because uh, my mother's Caucasian. Obviously, my dad's from Pakistan. And Joseph was black and Mexican. And he looked mm. like a caramel colored Fat Albert. Oh, with yeah. a massive afro. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, just yeah. an afro, like a two foot wide afro. Yeah. Okay? yeah. Uh, and he was, probably still is, I think he's lost a lot of weight, but he was as round as he was tall. Mm -hmm. um and he said hey i'm joseph i'm blackskin and i said cool joseph i don't know what that means and he said well i'm black and mexican i was like all right cool man and uh <laughs> these like, two guys I'm, said i'm white astani <laughs> yeah well he called me he goes where, where are you from i said i'm from houston I said no no where are your parents from i said my dad's from pakistan my mom's from kentucky he was like cool well you're pack a nucky 
And ever pack since, a pack a nucky. So ever and packy is actually a pretty derogatory term. Yeah, but, but it's also like the N word. You can own it if you feel like you yeah. need to, right? Or if you feel like that gives you some power. Yeah. And so I just took it. I was like, oh, pack a nucky. I kind of like that shit. Yeah. And uh, and Joseph and I have been friends ever since. Uh, I need to see him more often, but uh, we were friends all through high school. So once I met Joseph, it was cool because Joseph yeah. had these two guys from uh, from Uganda. They were brothers, Fred mm-hmm. and Jeremy Jajimba. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget them. J-J-E-M-B-A was their last name. So uh, it wasn't like Jimba. It was like Jajimba. Uh, like wasn't like Djibouti where the D is silent. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. Like, but you pronounce both J's if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, so once I met him, I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is great. I got some friends. We're all fucking weird. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and we're all in the same boat together, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, that probably looking back, that's probably when I was like, yo, black people are really cool. Yeah, because I they they did not care what I wasn't or what I was. They mm-hmm. just thought I was all right. Right, 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 right. And I was never the dude that like tried to wear Jordans or what I or cut my hair a certain way or talk a certain way, dress a certain way. That I thought was would get me in with anybody. Right, right, right. So like, and growing up, all like my mom would only buy me one pair of shoes, fifty bucks when school started. Right, so, and for a long time they were the Hakeem Olajuwon high tops, and I. Finally, conjure in to buy me a black and a white pair. Were they the Smaldings? The Smaldings? Exactly. Yeah. You, got, you had Lloyd Tonics? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they were cheap. One, and my dad used to always back. This was one of the one things my dad would back my mother up on because I had met Hakeem whenever I was little. We went to mosque together one time during Eid, right? Yeah. And my dad would say, Why do you want to wear Michael Jordan shoes? Michael Jordan superstar in Chicago. You yeah. have superstar in Houston. You don't want to wear his shoes. <laughs> you have met the guy. He's a wonderful guy. You wear his shoes. Shut your mouth. And so that was probably the one thing they agreed on growing up was that it's like okay. uh, that you know these really yeah. really inexpensive shoes. Yeah, uh, I'm just glad that you know it was Hakeem shoes and not those Starberries later on because uh, them shits was terrible. Yeah, them shits oh man, this is he's still making money by the he's way. Still making a lot. Still of money. making a fuck to money. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm capping on it for a little bit, but if he walked in here right now, I, I guarantee you he would uh, you fade know, all of our bank accounts. What's really cool about first of all, Steph's really odd anyway. Yeah, so, for sure. I but mean, you don't always have the light that those old school players like. You know, we, if we'd have known what Jordan was doing to his wife or doing around on his wife back in the day, he would not be as infamous as he is now. Right. The brand would not have been built as it is now. You just yeah. cheated on this woman like, you know, nine times on a Sunday, right? Yeah. In, in fucking Ontario. Yeah. And you're like, how you have all them bitches? Well, mm-hmm. there was no cameras around. Yes. There were no cell phones around, right? Steph's- and everybody got paid and everybody got laid. It was fine. Like, the one thing I could say about Steph. Ain't no problem. Yeah. Ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. Um, one thing I can say about Steph is like Stefan Marbury. You say Steph like you met him. Stefan Marbury <laughs> is like a the shoe is awful looking. Awful. But he does make a shoe that is affordable for kids. The concept who is cannot, perfect. It's a great concept. Shaq perfect. does the same thing. So yep, shout out Shaq. To Shaq has done the same Shaq's thing, shoes yep. are like thirty bucks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And they've always been that way. Yeah. I mean, from yeah, the even beginning. like before when he was with Reebok, it was harder. Yeah, yeah, but that's true. When he got his own company and they were making his own shoe, yeah. it was. Uh, I mean, because look, poor kids want to hoop too, and poor kids, poor kids do hoop. Yeah, and yeah. poor kids are hooping their asses off. That's usually and the case. You can't always, you know. I even to a certain extent, I commend KD for um, for his shoes because I think his shoes are like they retail at like ninety bucks or something like that. Oh, they've and always been thirty to forty percent cheaper than anybody else's. Yeah, always. Um, 
and he's got a pretty artistic background. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A side note: I have a an interesting story about KD. If you're willing to go there for oh, let's go for two let's minutes. Go. Okay, so in college, I was dating this girl uh, whose brother was a GA for UT, and they're out uh, with their mom. Uh, you know their parents during Christmas holiday or some shit mm-hmm. and she was like hey can you do something for me and I'm like yeah so she asked me a favor and like a total simp I did it and I didn't really understand grasp the concept of it because I didn't watch basketball back then that much mm-hmm. and I needed to compare uh, the shoe deals and the endorsement deals and the uh, the revenue and the differences between people who waited four years to come out of school and who came out early right Yeah, and I need to like do a report and I did an Excel spreadsheet on this. Right. Mm-hmm. And it all, it every single time when they came out at the peak of whatever their, their timing was, uh, usually that obviously wasn't their end of their four year career. They got more money right. from brands, from teams, et cetera. Um, and so I sent that over mm-hmm. and about a week later, he declared for the draft, uh, KD declared for the draft. <laughs> and so I'm not saying that, you know, I'm the reason KD declared for the draft, but I think it's kind of interesting. You were on the team. There was a correlation. I was you on, were the on the team. team. Yeah. No, yeah. that's that. You probably definitely did that. They probably were like, "This is what's going to happen. This right. is how it looks." You don't believe me because all he did was forward that to like you know the the, the assistant agent, coach, you know, or whoever. And the yeah. assistant coach forwarded it. like it got passed down because nobody wanted to do the work. I yeah, know, yeah. right? Clearly, it got passed down because he didn't want to do the work. Absolutely. So uh, he's a coach now at some. I think SFA Sam Houston. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out to that guy, man. Yeah. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. So you you find out you're eight when you find out that your mom and your mom. How about nine or ten? When your moms were when you found out your moms were We were, were living paying. together for a while. I didn't really know. My 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 stepmom's uh nephew stayed the night with us one time. And he was like 15, and I was like nine. And he said, hey, man, I got to ask you a question. I said, what's going on? He said, are they gay? And I said, no, nah, man, you're crazy. He said, they're not gay together. I said, no, man, that's crazy. Crazy yeah. talk, right? Mm-hmm. He went This home. is all while you're dealing with the leg situation. This was before. before this was before. Before you did the leg. That was when I was second. 11 and 12, yeah. Okay. And so this was like fifth grade at this point. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, he left the next day, and I said, hey, man, uh, you know, see you later. But, you know, they're definitely not gay. Yeah, he's like, okay, okay, I won't say nothing. I said, cool. We dropped him off, and like instantly, I was like, hey, you two ladies up in the front seat, yeah, uh, are Let's y'all talk. gay? Yeah, and what do, are y'all gay together? And what does that mean? Yeah, that was because as a nine year old, you you're you can't don't have a concept for sexuality like that. Yeah, uh, and they explained that they were uh, in love with each other, and mm-hmm. that they were in a relationship, and that made us a family, mm-hmm. and it was a very basic idea that I grasped very easily mm-hmm. um it didn't confuse me uh mm-hmm. it didn't you know cause turmoil uh and going back to what you were asking or you said you were mentioned before that we're probably talking about now you said something about you know how people people you know always have questions and wonder about you know being raised by lgbt community what does that do to the kids you know straight people fuck up their kids all the time okay straight people do irreparable damage I mean, to their children. <laughs> and, that's, and that's when you go, and, humans do irreparable irreparable damage to humans on a yeah. daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sexuality really has nothing to do with it. And so, uh, as, as again, I've always had two parents that love me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I do come from a divorced family, but at the same time, like, I, you know, that wasn't very long after that I had a second parent step in um, that, that she's a rock star. You know, so I mean, it's hard for me to 
um, to discount that in any way or or to talk, you know, and give any caveats to it because there's just there aren't any. I think people's problem, um, the problem people miss about like members of the LGBT community and just across the board is just like everyone's thought is well. The Bible says this. Well, everybody's not Christian, for one. For one. So, <laughs> right. So we cut that one out, right? Because you can't tell somebody that's that they're going to hell if they don't believe in hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, if they don't one. believe in the concept of heaven, and yeah. they don't believe in the concept of hell, then their yeah. their rules and regulations don't apply. Your yeah. rules and regulations don't apply to them. Yeah. Then you know they talk about. But by the know, way, my my mothers are, are devout Christians. Right. So, wow, wow. so cool. big caveat there. Yeah. yeah that's so a whole that's, different, that's a whole different podcast. So the other part of that is people want to quote the Bible about it. Right. But there's literally thousands of other things being said in the Bible. Right. And they don't read anything else except that part. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and you, and when you look at the, uh, you know, not to get too technical, but I was raised in uh, what people call the word. It, it, when the new covenant came after Christ died, those old rules are no longer. So if we're not bound to the same don't eat pigs and this kind of stuff, and you're also not looking at the context of the nature of what that was talking about was, you know, their concubines were a real thing of all backgrounds. Uh, and so in, um, in my understanding about the nature of those, you know, old Leviticus and Deuteronomy kind of things, they were talking to people about, don't let your kids go up and be those kind of folks mm-hmm. to these rulers and these kings and these, you know, queens and that kind of stuff. Um, and this day and age, you know, you know, I still have a real big problem with how anybody of color can adopt a religion that um, enslaved them. You know, I, I go back to a lot of this. I'm not trying to be, you know, a hotep type dude or anything like that. This is not that podcast. Right. And I'm not that guy. But at the same time, like, you know, I do have, I do understand people's, some of that Malcolm X idea of like, you know, Hey, they're not for us, you know, yeah. and, and the us is now the us can be a very broad term, right? It doesn't very have true. to be uh, one way or the other, but um, that's very true. So, yeah, it's, that's, I definitely, a, um, that's a tangent though. I definitely, I definitely feel you on that. And um, it is one of those things that I'm trying to find answers to. Fair and, enough. I mean, I think we're all, a lot of us who were raised in mm-hmm. the church, uh, especially in the South, are trying to find those answers. Look, man, it's a lot of stuff in that <laughs> Bible that's just it's, like, come on, fam. It's a, it's a lot. Of, <laughs> like, well, and it's a lot of mess. Like you know, and, yeah. and and the Jesus that I read about, you know, it was probably looked more like me and you, or a hybrid of us two. He one hundred percent did. He one hundred percent did, right? But everybody wants to stick on this blonde haired blue eyed kind of situation I'm like man it's just not where that's just you know, not even like the the mere fact like if I walk in and I see that picture in your church or in your home you're already lying to me already straight up <laughs> like you, it's already a lie like when Killer Mike did that thing with Creflo Dollar right yeah yeah and uh, and it and uh, the best part that I wanted to really see get extrapolated was like a four second off mic you could hear yeah you could hear Creflo saying some stuff like this far away from the mic right? yeah and uh he was like you know they're they not really they're not here for that yeah and killer mike's like yeah, i know but why didn't you say that yeah, you know like yeah. just talk like talk to me then right yeah and he's like people don't want to hear that shit and he's and he's creflo's not wrong yeah but his brand is made on you know pushing something one way yeah creflo um, also well <laughs> think told everyone that god wanted him to have a private jet a new jet yeah 
six billion. <laughs> like a, if two, that's the case, I think God wants me to have a new Lexus. I think so too. Yes, I think uh, so too. But that's here nor there. Yeah, man. Like, Again, I, that's a different podcast. That's a. Um, it's just an interesting uh, way to to grow because you're you're definitely dealing with a lot of. Um, I guess. Would you? What would you call it? Things that are just kind of working against each other, almost. Well, they're well. Almost, w- w- in theory, they look like as if they're working against each other. So, like dichotomous for by definition. Yeah. Yes. So you have lesbian devout Christians. Yep. Your father's Muslim, and but went to prison on his own for uh, money debauchery accord. Yep. Yeah, and then you have your um your mixed race and not having like i don't think i know i i would assume that you didn't know very many half white half pakistani people in your life there were none there was literally one guy that i grew up with uh passively grew up with as i call it uh in dallas his mom was white and his dad is my was my dad's best friend uh, lives in las colinas right now still Mm -hmm. uh but that was the only dude i knew uh when i worked at the smoke ring for a little bit, there was a beer rep for Buffalo Bayou, I want to say, mm-hmm. and uh, or Southern Star, and he, we looked at each other, and it's the most odd thing, and I swear to God, he was Puerto Rican, just like yeah, everybody yeah. swears I'm Puerto Rican, like, right? You. And and we looked at each other, and I was like, hey man, where are you from Houston? He's like, yep, like where are you from? He's like Houston, and he was about 38 at the time, yeah. and I was about 30 at the time, and he goes, uh, where where are your parents from? I said, well, to be fair, I'll ask you the same thing. He said, fine. My mom's from the States and my dad's from Pakistan. I said, oh, shit. And he goes, I've never met someone else. This is a grown-ass yeah. man with kids, okay? It's like the Spider-Man meme. Man, I'm telling you, he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right, and you're like, wait a like minute. like a secret handshake now? Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, there wasn't a lot. Um, like I said, when I met Joseph, that was the first mixed kid I'd ever met, and that was yeah. seventh, eighth grade, eighth grade at that point. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a lot of us. So, he, all of this is working up to a point, though. All of this is happening, right? Yeah, we're not All even at, like, happening. I have, I'm not even a grown man making life decisions yet. Right. Yeah. You go through high school. Yep. Salsa dancing team. Uh, I was uh, in the PALS, peer assistant leadership. I ran that class yeah. one year. Uh, I was in theater. I played tennis for a year or two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's all high school. Then you get to college. I get and to college. And let me tell you one of my favorite things about this guy. This motherfucker pledged a black fraternity. <laughs> As Ryan would say, yes. Yes. Pledged. Go ahead. Tell him. Tell him give him the rundown. I pledged Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, uh, which mm-hmm. is the first uh, black Greek letter organization for um, for people of color, by people of color, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're integrated much later uh, in 46, but... Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, founded in 1906, it's the first uh, national Greek letter organization uh, in GBLO. Uh, but yeah, that's that's that. My mentor in high school actually was uh, my best friend's father was an alpha. That's what it. That's what it was. No. Uh, so uh, that also with the connection, like I said earlier, when I realized that black folks just didn't care yeah. about who they weren't trying to quantify me, right? Right. A lot of times, white folks in my past have. Uh, they it's very obvious even within my own family like I was the brown kid right yeah so you're not white enough uh, with right. the brown folks you're not, you're too white right mm-hmm. obviously and so and those are my two spectrums and so 
with black folks just never caring what I was or wasn't as long as I was genuine. That's what they're worried about. Right. Uh, and it's just an easier connection. It's always been an easier connection with black folks for me than anything else. Uh, yes. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, I wish I could, but mm-hmm. I can't. And so um, it's not a fetish. I'll tell you that first and foremost. It's not one of those weird, you know, uh, white guys dating Asian ladies kind of thing that mm-hmm. you see across America. I that's another podcast. I don't know why that's happening. Someone please explain it to me. Um, but And it's all Asian cultures and it's uh, all white men. And usually all the white men are very uh, unattractive from a human standard. So side note, keep going. Uh, someone's going to call me racist for that. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, you got the redheaded white dudes with black chicks. I, I, I don't know what it is, but they are drawn to each other. At a much higher rate statistically than uh, anybody else. <laughs> my boy is, yes. is redheaded, so, and my boy is a redhead. Yeah, and he just he just proposed to his black girlfriend. I'm, yeah, week. and he's that's probably not the first black girlfriend he's had. No, it's not. I put money she's, on that. Uh, she, this is West Indian. Yeah, I, I think. Of course, I have to ask him. Um, shout out to Roy. I see him. Yeah, next week, see, so. okay. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm happy no, no, to like, always be wrong, but it's a it's funny. Like, I believe it's, it's a thing. Yeah, Travis so. Kelsey. From the uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. Hello, he has a very black girlfriend. He, he does. Br- you can tell by his too. edge up. By the way, yeah, you can yeah, definitely you can tell, tell he gets his hair lined up at the. Now at his the, brother, yeah, totally different story. Yeah, yeah, his brother's like extra white. Oh yeah, he's ultra white, as we say, uh, white. Yes, yeah. Um, you know the one that you know the red, the the guy with red hair that always confuses me when I see him. Talk to me, Canelo Alvarez. Always, I'm like, yo. <laughs> A redhead, like not so brown Mexican. He's not brown at all. He's not off, brown. He's off. very, yeah. very pale. That's how you know the the Spanish blood is real. Yeah, that's how you know colonialism is real. This it's physical evidence. And he speaks no uh, English. He speaks not a lick of English. Uh, and he looks every bit of uh, Irish or Italian or yeah. Spanish. I mean, really, it's Spanish, obviously. But yeah, um, I think the guy has freckles. He does have freckles. <laughs> he does have freckles. Yeah. This is a, and he yeah. can fight. And he, can, he yeah. It punched. He will punch. Yeah, the world's a small place when you look at it, man. Uh, yeah. And and it really, you know, that's why people say, why do you, you know, you, you worry too much about how you treat people or what people think about you. I'm like, eh, not really. But at the same time, too, like 500 years from now, I don't want there to be some random ass kid, right? Yeah. Because I done uh, screwed half the population of a small island, yeah. you know, wilding out because I thought I was the, the man, right? A uh, hundred grand. And then all of a sudden, you know, people are having talks about why I got freckles on a podcast. Uh, yeah. I don't want to be that dude. Did you see the story about the guy who, um, the white guy who went to, I think it was, it was a, it was a black country or island. Okay. And he found out about an island um, completely inhabited by black people. And it is um, a law in that country that no one outside of that country, I mean, outside of this island, is to step foot on that island. So that's not necessarily a black country, that it, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's they, a country. They it's, are it's, in, uh, it was a, it was an island inhabited by all black people. It was a tribe. It's, it's an it's a it's a tribe. It's a native tribe. They're yeah. uh, indigenous tribe. Indigenous tribe. They're technically they are uh, a territory, a sovereign territory of India, I believe. Yes. Uh, and so yeah. You, and so you saw every this guy? single person who's ever got on that island, except for one guy, I think, 
mm-hmm. is, has has ended up in pieces. They've never seen him again. Right. So if you never saw this story, I have to look it up. But this guy um, had been casing this this island. Um, I think it was a missionary. Yeah, it was a missionary. Yeah. Um, from from the country that I guess owns the territory. Or, I think or, he he was in India uh, as a missionary, and no one had ever. Uh, gotten to this island, to this island just, because you know, you're not allowed to. Because you're literally you're not, not even allowed, allowed to. Go. You're not even allowed to boat anyone over to this island. No. So what he did was, um, he decided that he was going to go out there and try to con- um, convert everybody to uh, Christianity. He thought he was going to be the guy to do it. Mm-hmm. So he paid fishermen to take him out there illegally, boat him over to this island. Yes. And the moment he stepped foot on the sand, yep. He got hit with arrows. Like, they killed him with bow and arrows. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they drug his body off into the 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 island. Yeah, die easy shit, yes. We never saw him again. Never, not once. The fishermen got arrested. Fishermen did get arrested, Um, yeah. yeah, and for those people that don't understand is that, like, you know, this indigenous culture of people are on this island, and they're probably um, free of disease, um, an infection and you know all of these germs that other or people vice probably versa. they might be full of it or they could you be I mean they could yeah. be full of it. you don't even know right um, they've been there for like yeah I think undisturbed for a few thousand years yeah and you are never to step foot in this area when they don't know who you are these people are living the way they want to live yep they probably have no electricity and shout they out to them no, for that shout out hey, yes absolutely you got your own shit going on you don't want nobody to fuck yeah. with your shit and guess what you come over to my shit i'm gonna tell you not ever to come back yeah because just like you say the world is small it, the world out of is an example because you don't come back yes I'm, I'm telling everyone else yeah what not to do based on like, what i do did you see you. this guy yeah there was a um a satellite photo was there? I didn't see this. Of, I believe, of what actually, like, of, of the body of laying like there and, and these yeah. people surrounding him. Yeah, they probably ate his ass. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. like, yeah, I mean, they fair probably, shout out they, to them. They yes. definitely ate a white man. Yeah. Like, I say all that to say. Well, you they should, don't even, they, they don't even care that, I don't even know that they, I'm, I'm speaking out of turn, obviously, because I don't know anything about them on a deep cognitive level, but I don't mm-hmm. even know that they cared that he was white. That he was he, white. It, was he, just, he it could have been from, anybody. It could have been me. It could have been anybody. It could have been me. Like you just, we don't know you. We don't fuck with you. Yeah, like take you, your ass back you, to where you, you came have from. to stop doing that. Yes, you have to stop going to places that no one asked you to be in. Yes, and like you have to mind your business. Have to mind your business. <laughs> like people ask me all the time to to bring this full circle. People ask me all the time, man, how come uh that cigar shop, you know, uh, and they beat around the bush. Obviously, and they always think that I can uh, that I'm un- going to allow them to beat around the bush. And they say, how come that shop, you know, is full of, uh, man, I don't really know how to say it, AJ. And I say, what's that? Full of, go ahead. And I, I kind of walk them. I lead them by the nose because mm-hmm. I know what they're going to say. It's full of black folks, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's uh, the, we quote unquote, as they like to say, a brother's shop, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably the most respectful way to call that, right? Mm-hmm. So I go, that's fine. Yeah. I say, why do you think that is? Well, I don't understand it. Why can't they just go to the regular cigar shops? I say, well, go back to the reason why there were, there, there are, Historically, black colleges and universities. Because you're not allowed to go in. Because you weren't allowed to go to the <clears throat> other universities that don't have a their own designation, except we you know now we call them uh, uh, PWIs, obviously. But yeah. Uh, yeah, HBCUs were places that historically 
black people were only allowed to go there. Not only black people, but mm-hmm. black people were allowed to go there because they, they had to create their own universities. Yeah, The fraternities started out as a whole deal because they were having black folks on campus was an experiment to see how it would go. Right. And then they fucked around, let, let folks in, and then they, you know, they they flourished, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, one person would have a book. Jack would have a book, and his 10 friends wouldn't have a book. And they, they, they recopied the book by hand yeah. in the early 1900s so that other people would have copies of the book. Yeah. Uh, and they worked on campus. That's the only reason they could be there. They work on campus, and then they also were able to go to school at the same time. But they were servants on campus, first mm-hmm. and foremost. And they were, I don't know if they were paid or unpaid, but uh, I think tuition was free because they worked kind of deal, which I could also be wrong. Um, so, you know, yeah, you go back to that. It's like, you know, just stop trying to figure out why people have places where you don't feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable or you're not welcome, which that's not saying that people aren't able to go to a black owned cigar shop by any means, but you're wondering why it's the same kind of deal, right? This is our, this is our area. This is our space, right? Yeah. We let in who we let in, but at the same time, you know, we also stay out of it. Stay the fuck out of my shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's like, um, white people have this innate ability to like, tell us to have all of these things that only white people can do for sure. And they make you feel extremely uncomfortable when you go in and you try to do it along with them. But the moment, I can see that. Yep. but the moment <clears throat> a, a black owned business comes in and it's for black people by black people mm-hmm. or um, for brown people by brown people or, you know, whatever the situation right. is. White people have this thing where like they think that the moment that like we're not even telling you that you can't even this, come this in. This is the thing. They they don't they feel like they're being excluded and they don't like it. Right. Because they're they are used to an all access pass right. to life. Yeah. And and in in the end it's like it's like, yeah, you also can go to P V as a white man. Yes. Or a white girl. You can but just don't come in here with that MAGA shit. No, yeah, you, <laughs> like, you cannot you cannot jump stupid. It's also like, yeah. I, I mean, I have my own set of privileges too because I'm obviously very comfortable in what I call black spaces, right? right. But not everybody's comfortable with me in black spaces. Right, I've right. been in places and, and people are like, why the fuck is this dude here, right? Right. I have to like physically go say hello to folks, which is totally, I mean, I, I whatever I need to do to make yeah. anybody feel comfortable in a space that I don't own, it's fine right, with right, me. Right. But like, you know, everybody's cool once I start stepping. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then they're like, oh shit, damn, this dude's really neat. But at the same time, it's like you know, it it's it is a thing for sure. I think um, what 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 AJ one of the things that AJ for people that don't know AJ, like when you go into a when when you're in a space with AJ and you're just meeting AJ because the first time I met AJ was at a um art gallery or art exhibit uh, for our friend Jeremy Biggers. Um, who just had a kid, by the way, a couple months ago. So shout hey, out shout to, to shout, shout out to, to uh, Jeremy Stim and, and Sam. Thorne, Yes, yeah, shout out and, to Stim and, and Sam Lau because Sam Lau, Sam Lau, man, they're doing Jeremy their thing. Yes. They're doing their thing. I need to see them. I haven't seen them in man. In I haven't seen them in years. Far too long. Yes. Yeah, man. So uh, shout out to Dallas, by the way. So I, I'm gonna be out there soon. But um, one of the things that is cool about AJ is that like when you meet him, you don't even realize that in theory. 
maybe he shouldn't be here <laughs> like in in fair. like that's, you don't even think of the you don't think of the fair. idea that he shouldn't be here because he just kind of is there he just belongs so um and i on the other side of that spectrum i've had people tell me that they thought i was mixed yeah with african-american yeah so like if i go to louisiana I no one ever when I was in Cuba I go to Dominican yeah nobody speaks English to me they speak Spanish to me right yeah so uh when I'm in when I'm in Louisiana you get you get past you know Lake Charles oh yeah and everybody thinks I'm Creole right yeah because when, uh, when you get to New Orleans everything probably thinks you're black Italian or something oh, like 100%, that and, yeah. you know just all kind of stuff I've learned that people whatever people perceive me to be that's what I am mm-hmm. and because of that uh, I mean I just try to be a genuine person all the time so yeah. that I don't have to tiptoe mm-hmm. but because of that that's how I get treated Positive yes. or negatively, that's just how I get treated. So he also he's also a very solid um 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 alpha stroll guy. Like he can Oh yeah, I got the rhythm. Can, out of out of my line, me yeah. and my my line brother KJ, uh yeah. shout out to Kerry Wayne Jones Jr. Yeah. Uh but that that man uh, he's uh it was a struggle. Yeah. But out of the two of us, yes, I was the uh, more rhythmically rhythmically inclined. He also Step much more academically month. inclined than I was, but no, uh, yeah, that's fair. Stepper of the month, yes, yeah, man. Like we, it, stepper it, of the month. <laughs> Funny enough, actually, I, at the uh, uh, night at the Apollo, my freshman year mm-hmm. in college, because um, I was also the vice president of the Black Student Union in college as well. Uh, <laughs> don't ask me how they allowed me to do that, but uh, I ran and I was voted in. So, uh, but at the night of the Apollo, um, the intermission was a dance contest and they made me get on stage and i harlem shook out of my jacket out of my tracksuit jacket yeah to yeah. win the uh the dance off. the special delivery special delivery yeah I like yes sir yes sir yep can i have Spe- that special delivery and we need that Special delivery. Yeah. This for my big special yes. delivery. <laughs> it's so it's so good. <laughs> no, I man, really like, hope I really hope Ryan plugs in a little a little vignette of that like five second thing. Yeah. He's, he's not going to, but yeah, he's probably not. But he should. But uh <laughs> Yeah, man, like AJ is um AJ's one of the people that helped me realize that like you know, like when you watch Family Matters and um and like Carl is downstairs with his friends and they're like they're uh playing poker and they're probably smoking cigars or something like that and they're having their guys night like i really their, hope their carl Wednesday. from family matters smoked cigars as a character i really I hope do. so did you know he's gay i did not know that he's um i think he was dating um luther vandros no, damn i uh, fucking knew it no he was dating um uh kidding uh but luther is luther phil 100 gay yeah just by he's dating uncle phil in real life, in from uh from Fresh Prince, yeah, I don't know James that. Avery. James Avery Ooh, was gay. Ryan's in there. James Avery was very gay. Uh, Come gotta, on over. Can, we got to confirm that. No, we no, no. James that. Avery was gay. Okay, uh, you can you can look it up. But James I, Avery, I know you're right about Carl Winslow. Yeah, I don't know about James. James Avery, Avery was gay. Ooh, I'm look it up. Wait. Yeah, yeah. He's you'll not incredible you not, actor. You will not find it anywhere on the internet that uh to confirm that Luther Vandross is gay, but um. No, 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 you won't, you won't. But big, won't but, and shout out to whoever his partner was uh, over the years, because uh, they have- Made for some great music. Made for some great music, and they have also uh, been very true to their relationship, and they hadn't said shit. Yeah. Maybe there's yeah. like a non-disclosure agreement, you know, 25 years down mm-hmm. the road, we're going to get a, uh, yeah, yeah. we're going to get like a tall tale or something, I don't know, but- Absolutely. Um, yeah. Have you, you know. seen the Teddy Pendergrass documentary? No, I haven't. On uh, Show, Showtime, it just no. came out last week? No, I haven't. Um, 
Very good documentary. Really? Okay. I'll Very good out. documentary. And he he is, isn't he? No. Uh, I didn't find any evidence that he's gay. He was married in 1988 to a, wom- a woman named Barbara. He never had any children. So I'm not saying 100% he wasn't, but there's no evidence of James Avery being gay. He's definitely gay. It's possible. I'm not saying he's 100%. He's, 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 he's about as gay as Luther Vandross. We knew and Luther publicly, was gay, He public- came out. No, Luther Vandross never came out. No, okay, fair enough. No, no, never. Never. never Queen Latifah hadn't either, but she on the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She took her a while to... to uh, um, I think it's a common misconception that people Carl Winslow is was gay or is gay, but people confuse those two all I the believe, time. So I believe that James was a gay man. All right. But um and if I'm wrong, you can everybody can shoot me in the face later on. Rumors and controversy controversy once there was a rumor that he was gay and was dating James Avery. However, James Avery later got married to Barbara Avery in nineteen eighty eight and the rumor got shut down. So. I mean, come on. <laughs> hey, all, hey, all you need in Hollywood is a nice beard, and, yeah. and apparently the rumor will get shut down. Yeah. Also, it says Reginald Vell Johnson sexuality is straight. Okay. Oof. Hmm. Ooh, all these things, all these tings. Mm-hmm. The tings. Reginald Vell Johnson is Carl Winslow, right? Yes. Reginald See? Vell Johnson, yes. He said he says he's gay. I mean, he, he says he's straight, right? Yes. Yeah. See? See, that's what I'm saying. We don't know. We don't know. But uh, <laughs> we don't know. What's the name of your clothing line? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite Kanye uh, quotes. It's fucking lunatic. What was I saying before that, though? Um, oh, Teddy Pendergrass documentary. Yes. So Teddy Pendergrass, where um, um, the documentary is great. It's like the first time anybody's really, really, really gone in depth about Teddy Pendergrass. And um, wait, was Teddy Pendergrass gay? Okay, so look, there's um, you know, he went, he got I paralyzed. Hope, I was watching the Freddie Mercury thing last night. I always thought Freddie Mercury was gay. Longtime partner was his wife, and they got split up after he was dating a dude for a while. But then, in, in everything that Freddie Mercury did when he died, he left her. He left everybody like. 500,000, 500,000, 500,000. Yeah. The dude he was dating for a long time, 500,000. Yeah. And then his his ex-wife, who was like his, you know, yeah. his- uh, like 60 million. You know, the, the house that made him a home, yeah. the house, not a chair, chair yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah. is like gave her everything. Yeah. Left her, mm-hmm. and he literally gave like the, the butler 500,000, yeah. ex-lover 500,000, mm-hmm. his manager 500,000, left her everything. Yeah. But so I never knew that he was in a, I mean- to me, Freddie Mercury was as gay as day as long, but yeah, people yeah. will also tell you that Prince was straight. You know, they're probably both the most bisexual people on the planet that ever walked the planet. Possibly. Uh, Possibly. But, you know. Possibly. That, that one hurt, Jack. That, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not even <laughs> tripping on that. about Prince. Look, yeah, the no. Prince, look, Prince had finer women than everybody. So I'm not even like, like he's probably, he, he could have been bisexual. I mean, any man that wears uh, satin pants and heels. It, and I, I think it's very safe to say because uh, that'll in, never that'll the, never change the fact that he's just like literally most, one of the greatest artists of all time. It, it should not yeah, ever change the fact. Right. But anybody who's ever able to and shout out to the guy who uh, subbed in for my dad and taught me how to shave. He was Miss Houston three years in a row. He's a drag queen. Oh, nice, Jonathan Westerman. Yeah, okay. uh, so, Jonathan, just so people understand my background That's when I say talent. the things I say. Yeah, anybody who's comfortable in that texture of pants, yeah. uh, also in heels at the same time. Yeah, while wearing like a jumpsuit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think is is pretty safe to say it's possible that they've had some absolutely, uh, absolutely. some extra extra stuff. Yes, go so, on in their life. Yeah. So going back to Teddy P. You know, he was, you know, he, he wrecked his Rolls Royce and he went, he got paralyzed. So that's how we, I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that's that. That's how part. he was, no. he was paralyzed. So um, the story that I had always heard was that the lady in the car was uh, trans. And so there was this idea that, you know, Teddy P was gay and all that stuff. So. The, we could break that down if you if you want to for a second or, or not. But there, yeah. So there's a whole lot just of because like, you're trans doesn't mean that Teddy was gay. If you right. Yeah. Fully transitioned, then technically you are, a you woman. know, a woman, yeah. right? So like, uh, by all intents and purposes, obviously, right? So you, right. um, but there's also a large, really big spectrum in the, yeah. in the trans community that, um, now obviously they you know gender queer and this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So where they're they're not binary as well. Mm-hmm. So. But you know, the late eighties, I mean, the late seventies, early eighties is a time where no one knows what the hell's going on, oh, and they're no. just like, "Oh, well, you must be this, you must be that, right?" So, right. in the documentary, I mean, they, they used talk to think about, you could get AIDS from you know eating after somebody, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in the documentary, they talk about how Teddy had a lot of women. Teddy right. had a lot of girlfriends, and this particular one. I, I, I wasn't clear on what he said in the documentary, but this particular lady was a man at one point. Okay. And I can't remember if she said she had had her operation before or after. Right. But in the documentary, they interviewed her and she said she had been a, she'd been living as a woman for over 40 years now. Right. So, um, yeah, that was the bad press that kind of came okay. with him being um with things that happened to to Teddy. And you know, you you hear all sorts of stuff about like, you know, other celebrities and stuff like that. But the Teddy Pendergrass documentary kind of reminded me of like what we were talking about with um um Mr. Winslow and yeah, you know, all of those guys, but um but Teddy like it never really was a I think Teddy probably identified as straight and he probably didn't his 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 manager went on record on the show and saying that he thinks what he would like to believe is that in the car because this one of the stories was that he wrecked the car while getting a sexual favor done on him from the lady. First off, there's two reasons cars get wrecked. Uh, when you're not under the influence of alcohol, you either fucking or you're fighting. Just let's let's be real, okay? Yeah. You, you don't lose control of a vehicle. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's either a, a Chris Brown <clears throat> Rihanna thing, everybody's going nuts and slapping each other, or you know, you get you get in the slow and, and hot yeah. and heavy, and yeah. you know that work is too much, and you you yeah. know. So it, for me, it's, yeah. it's it's one of two things. Yeah, if you ain't come out with bruises, you it's definitely a really can't interesting story when you when you because it's a, oh, it's and a I'm very sure. interesting. Story. I'm sure, and I'm also um, marginalizing. Yeah, yeah, you know, a situation absolutely. that that uh, paralyzed somebody. But yeah, so he, so that was one of the stories. The other story was, you know, the his manager, uh, Shep Gordon, who there's also a documentary about Shep Gordon as well. He's like one of the most interesting men hmm. in the world, probably. Okay. Um, 
basically a um a Jewish guy who managed was it the Stones? Managed a very popular rock band back in okay. the day and he met Teddy Pendergrass because Teddy Pendergrass's um original manager was shot and killed by the Black Mafia. Um I did not know that. It was also a woman. Um Damn. Was she black? Yeah. And, or was she um, Jewish? Because there's a lot of Jewish black. a lot of Jewish folks have she's black. been in business with black folks for a long time. That's an interesting she's, connection too. Yeah, she's black. Yeah. And, um um basically so I even in the doc even in this documentary, the Teddy P documentary, he in the original in his in Shep's documentary, he talks about how he met Teddy P and was like, I want to manage you. And and he was like, Well, I don't know, you know, this and that. He's like, I'll tell you what. Um I'm the guy that makes sure you get your money no matter what. Like I can I can do drugs with the best of them. Right. But I make sure that we leave with our money. Right. And he said, I'll tell you what, I challenge you. Bring your best drugs. Cocaine, acid, weed, whatever. Bring your best uh, alcohol. Whoever drops first. If I if if you drop first, you gotta hire me as your manager. If you if if I drop, you can do whatever you want. So, Teddy P's like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. So he brings the finest of of, of white powder. <laughs> and um, he said, three days later, Teddy just drops. <laughs> he said, three days later, we didn't sleep. He said, three days later, he just drops. And I've been his manager ever since. And he's the one that got him out of the Chitlin circuit. He's the one that um, that started the, the, all, the ladies only tour. That he okay. did, yeah, yeah. Um, that was later copied by Big Daddy Kane. Yep. Um, and then me in a in a in small a, way, I did one show microcosm, uh, but still, I yeah. mean, hey, it's, it counts. Yeah, um, I think it counts. Yeah, so that's interesting. Very, very good documentary. But um, his story about he said what I'd like to believe. Yeah, of course, is that he reached over, you know, under the dress, and he felt something that wasn't that he wasn't expecting and he lost control of his car. So I don't think, so he says he doesn't think that right. he knew. Cause that was the first time he's assuming then that that's the first time Teddy Pendergrass had ever hung out with this person. Yeah, apparently so. Mm. Also lies. Another thing about him was, um, apparently he had bought a new Corvette and the brakes got cut. And there were no brakes on the Rolls Royce. So whatever happened, he had no brakes anyway. Okay. So, so somebody he, had set him up then somehow. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, they did a lot of talking about Teddy and his story and like how things came about, but they didn't really get into much detail about what he might've really been into. Or what the people around him might have been into. And at that time, the Black what, Mafia was a huge thing. Or what people thought he might have been into. Yeah, yeah. Vice yeah. versa, yeah. That's the, fair. The Black Mafia and, like, just the corruption of all these, you know, of the music industry at the time was, like, huge. I, I think it was about as big as, you know, the the 20s and 30s and 40s of the boxing era when, when the Italian Mafia was kind of running that. stuff, yeah. Trying to get people to take dives and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, of course. Um. There's a lot to be said about some of this stuff. James Brown also was a person that they kind of had implicated as a person that might have been part of the Black Mafia and uh, 
you know, in, in some, I mean, James Brown used to walk in the clubs and just shoot up the club. So, um, he was crazy. He did it to Jackie Wilson and he did it to Otis Redding. That's nuts. Like went in, shot up a bar. <laughs> yeah. Somehow and, not in jail. And paid everyone to not say anything. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, check out the Teddy Pendergrass documentary. I will. I will. Dope documentary. Um, somebody else's documentary I just saw. Oh, the uh, a lot of people are looking at the two killings of Sam Cooke. Okay. Which is a Netflix yeah. Documentary. That's yeah. Colleen, my girlfriend was telling me about that. She said you need to, yeah. to get into that. I said okay. I'm definitely list. waiting on a full, however long it needs to be, a full documentary on the late great Bobby Womack. That was going to be. Uh, at least a two-hour special. Bobby, and the reason why I say that is because I tweeted about this the other day. Bobby Womack's best friend was Sam Cooke. Right. Sam Cooke gets killed. He marries Sam Cooke's wife. Yep. He gets blackballed from the industry for doing it, doing so. Wrote all of his mu- music for Wilson Pickett. And then finally gets signed in the 70s and has this great career. In the in the 80s, there is a song called I Wish He Didn't Trust Me So Much. It is about, it is a song about his best friend, when he, when he leaves town, his wife likes to hang out with him. Mm. In the music video. <laughs> they, did, they put a video to this? There's thing? a music video. Come on. The act, and of course they're acting, but the guy is, his best friend is the engineer and his wife is sitting next to him at the table. I mean, at the at the mixing board, and he's singing this song <laughs> about his I'm wife. On the edge of my seat. I need to look this shit up. It's called uh, "I Wish He Didn't Trust Me So Much." I wish he didn't trust me so much. Do, 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 do. Oh my I God. wish he didn't trust me so he's much. Telling all his business, and it's just about how when you're gone, your wife. Is loving on me, so so long I, story short. But I love my friend, though it's my boy. Bobby Bobby Womack was a shitty person. Bobby Womack, there's a there was a dark cloud hanging yeah. over Bobby okay. Womack. Okay, Bobby Womack was also at the hotel two hours um, with Janice Joplin two hours before she OD'd. Wow, Bobby Womack's infant or toddler child died in the house with him and his wife while he was on a cocaine binge. Okay, yeah, I'm cool with that. He's a bad person. That's fine. He's a he's just a like it it's it's a weird, weird, weird Sam yeah. Cook's Sam Cook's son, right, child died in the like drowned to death in the pool. At Bobby Womack's house? No. At his house. The pool was in the front yard though. You know how some people put their pool in the front yard? Yeah, only rich people do that, but yeah, yeah. so <laughs> Died in that pool. Yeah, and he just has to show up and and walk by this pool that his son died in. That's crazy. It's just ridiculous, man. Yeah. So there's 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 a, that'll be that'll be an interesting when that comes out. Yeah, there needs to be a Bobby Womack one. There needs to be a um, a full. Um, who did I say the other day? Bobby Womack. It needs to be a. Um, I really truly believe that there needs to be a rap a lot documentary. Yeah. Um there definitely needs to be a um although I'm not going to speak anything 
Shout out to Jay Prince, and, man. And about the rap, I don't know nothing. I yeah, honestly I don't know a ton. I mean, I know obviously the normal stuff, but I'm not gonna comment on a goddamn thing. I, I For love, real, I, I love Jay Prince, man. Like, never met him. Definitely got. I, I very met him before. He's a nice guy. Very really? nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting person. Very nice guy. A lot of uh, entrepreneurial spirit there too. So, can you do a uh, Jay Prince impression? Oh yeah. Now hold on, now Scarface. Before you get to rapping, I want to talk to y'all about some of these haters. You see, these snitch-ass niggas are always talking down on a, on a real nigga name. But when God be for you, who can be against you? You see, these men put them uh, alphabet boys on me. Tried to get me jammed up put in the system and when we went to court he wanted me so bad in jail he even snitched on himself but God got us rap a lot for life now face <laughs> go on and cut him hit him with that uncut raw dope oh yeah how long did it take you to memorize that intro? No, it's not even it's not even memorized. I got it all the way wrong. That might but, be the best intro. That, that his intro might be the best. Yo, uh, ex, ex, outside of Idris Elba doing um, uh, Jay Z, American Gangster. Yes, yeah, American yeah, yeah. Gangster. I really like that. But outside of that, I mean, who's you know, it's not. Yeah. A, you're, you're not. You know, hold he's on, not sponsoring Jay Z's. Yeah, hold on, Bun. Hold on now, Bun B. But every time they do the like, they drop his stuff on. Um, on Shade 45 and he talks yeah, about yeah, a little yeah. vignette about how he sounds like yeah. he has the most time yeah. that anybody has to speak about the history of his life. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is like, yeah, you know, whenever I did that thing before, you know, I was really, it was so crazy. You know, I'm really yeah. glad we got through that and you know, I learned a lot. And he's oh, like, oh yeah. So I took the knowledge I had from the and, street game and I applied, and I applied, it. applied that shit over to my actual oh, business. To, the, to, my, to my legitimate business. And if you and and if I you said, apply your knowledge from one thing to your knowledge of the next thing, you too can do some shit like I do. You can. Like, that's phenomenal. You got to keep your faith in God. That's it. That's it. And, uh, you know, uh, we we had all these ingredients. We just <laughs> put them together in a nice dish. Uh, I can't wait to do the intro on your, on your next album. Oh, uh, yeah. Can't wait to do the intro on your next album. AJ, what's up, baby? <laughs> what's up, motherfucker? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. We out here. Yeah, yeah man. So um, definitely got to be a rap a lot one. Definitely got to be a Bobby Womack. I 100% will sit and watch uh, a Donny Hathaway documentary um, for years and years to come. Uh, we definitely need all of those. Um so shout out to the people who created the Teddy Pendergrass documentary and um, the uh, Sam Cooke documentary. Yeah. And um, also um, check out Rap A Lot. I mean, uh, Jay Prince's book. Oh, yes. Yeah, I have not read the that. The Art and Science of Respect. I, I I listen to it. Actually, you can stream it on Apple Music, like track for track. No way. Like, nice. each, okay. yeah, it's dope. It's, you, you also, I want to. I want there to be uh, just as, as a side note as we exit. I want there to not be documentaries on Netflix 
about these people. I want there to be, I mean, that'll be great and all for streams, but mm-hmm. I want, just like the Freddie Mercury movie that made $845 million, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I would like to see out of the black biopic. community, these people do a biopic on, on folks and make the same amount of fucking money that they do for, and obviously, you know, Freddie was not just mm-hmm. a generic white mm-hmm. dude or anything like that. Uh, he was actually uh, Indian subculture by birth, if you did not know that. Mm. Uh, I found that out last night. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a version of Persian, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were persecuted and they got ran off to uh, India and Pakistan about a thousand, mm-hmm. two thousand years ago. Uh, and um, he he grew up in um, Myanmar, Tanzania, oh. something like that. Mm. And uh, I had to see the movie. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I'm saying I, I would like yeah. to see the same kind of thing from yeah, yeah. from you know these these other these other kind of artists and. Uh, Pillars of the community as well. I would um one hundred percent play Bobby Womack in his biopic. That would be great. I would love to just you kind of have that like young old man feel to you. Like uh, his hairline was trash at like twenty. Right. Like, like right. I need like I, I definitely gotta do some work on my hairline. No, but you got but I'm saying what I'm saying, like you have a, yep. a mole right above your right eyebrow. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. That is not a young man's mole. Right. That's, That's an true. old man's mole. That's true. That 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 mole has more mm-hmm. wisdom. And has been through more shit than most people have on on their on their best day, right? Talk so about to it. To me, that Talk mole is like an old man mole. You got Talk you got a young it. man face, that's fine. Talk about but it. But you got an old man mole, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Talk about it. And that to Talk me, about it. you know. But it's. You know. I just wanna I just wanted to play Bobby Womack so I can um, sing. If you think you're lonely now. Yeah. Mm. Wait until tonight. Wait until tonight, girl. I be long, long gone. Yeah, I be you. You still say, "Girl." That's when I get crazy. I be like, wait until tonight, bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I see. Uh, so, man. thanks for having me, Jack. I appreciate man, it, man. Uh, Ryan, as well. Thanks for being here with us, taking your time out on Saturday. Where can they find you on your socials? Uh, socials. Everything is Mister AJ Costa. So, just as you introduced me, uh, it's always kind of been the thing uh, without me trying. M R A J C O S T A. Uh, on all the places except the faces of books because mm-hmm. I don't have Facebook. Do you want to pub the cigar company that you work for? Of course, Ventura Cigar Company. Uh, we are based out of California. We've mm-hmm. got uh, some very good cigars. One was rated number 13 on Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Yo, for 2017, number 13, the Axis Mundi. But I really enjoy uh, the Strange Passage and Sage Advice. Uh, we've got some new things coming out with uh, Ernesto Perez Carrillo, and some new heavy hitters that are uh, young folks in the game out of Nicaragua as well. Uh, so it should be a good year for us. Yeah, you guys still make excited. Psycho? We still make Psycho. Yep, that's that's going to be the new project. Uh, it's going to be a Psycho Nicaragua. Hey, uh, Psycho's made of Davidoff. Most people don't know that. but mm. uh, And most of our products, uh, we're really horizontal. Most people want to be vertical mm. in the cigar game, and we want to work with everybody uh, and just have the best stuff uh, next to your favorite cigar. So that's And become your new favorite that. cigar as well. That's so, what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Man. Yeah, yeah. So that's my man, AJ, man. Uh, Shout out to Modern Renaissance really quickly on shut, the, on oh, the ex, yes. exitro. I don't know how to say that. Intro, outro, that's it. Modern. Outro, thank you. I don't know these uh, studio terms. But on the outro, uh, Modern Renaissance, uh, you know, Regis and Demetrius, uh, two very good friends of mine. And uh, they have, they and we all have uh, some, some merch online and some things, projects we, we do and did and Definitely. will be doing in the future. So check us out there at uh, Mod renaissance uh on the uh instagram and twitter on the instagram 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 for sure man thank you for coming man thanks for having Glad me. you you don't want to chop it up with us man again no podcast probably next week because i'm gonna be out of time 
So that means Ryan Rocket gets his whole afternoon off. Yeah, I know he's liking that. I know he loves it. So, um, yeah, man. Thank you for coming. We're going to come in and have you come chop it up with us again one day. Anytime. um, Look forward to it. Yeah, man. um, We out of here. Peace.